Welcome to the Nova Nation podcast. This is Rob Logan. On this episode, my good friend Chris Merle and I recap the past season and talk a little bit about the upcoming season. All that and more on the Nova Nation podcast. Listen up. Go Nova. Chris, what's going on, my man? All right. How are you tonight? How are you? Good, good, good. Chris. Chris, in your honor and your honor alone. Miller High Life, baby. Good choice. That's the drink. That's the drink that I'm enjoying tonight. So uh, in your honor. In, in your honor. Uh, we're here to, we're here tonight to talk about um, a bunch of things. All Nova, obviously. Uh, we're gonna talk about the end of the season. We're gonna have a little quick wrap up on that. We're going to talk a little bit about um, what's going on heading into the uh, upcoming season. We'll talk a little bit about the roster and uh, we'll give some shout outs to some people who have helped us through uh, our first full season uh, on the uh, Nova Nation podcast. So first, before uh, we get into all that, uh, we did a Nova Nation uh, online poll for March Madness. And I know you're going to think I rigged it or something along those lines. But my son, Lucas, won the pool. Straight up, straight up won the pool. Um, everything was online. I didn't control it. I didn't, you know, say winners and losers and everything. He did it online. We did it. Uh, he beat out about 20 other guys. Uh, so, um, you know, that was pretty cool. My son, my son, 11-year-old, uh, for doing that. But, uh. Let's talk a little bit about the end of the season. Uh, obviously, it didn't end up in a championship, national championship for um, Nova Nation. But I think it was a very successful season. The game against Baylor was uh, definitely, uh, we actually played really well in the first half. And, you know, Baylor's athleticism just kind of took over. But before we, before I get your thoughts, Chris, I just wanted to share this this one stat that I have and for the in 2001 and 2021 this season we lost to the eventual champion Baylor in 2018 we won the championship in 2016 we won the championship in 2014 we lost to the champion UConn in 2009 we lost to the champion uh, North Carolina in 2008, we lost to the champion Kansas. In 2006, lost to champion Florida. 2005, lost to champion North Carolina. So it seems like when we get knocked out of the tournament, it's definitely by a top team. So I think that's an incredible stat right there. What do you think, Chris? That's uh, <laughs> something. It's, I, I, it's pretty impressive. It really is. I mean, um, those guys – you know, those teams are, are definitely top-tier teams. So, um, like I said, I, I don't think we have anything to um, to kind of dwell on and, and kind of be upset about. I think we had a good season. It was kind of crazy with the whole COVID thing. Um, it definitely – we won Big East Championship. So, Chris, what are your thoughts? Where do you think everything uh, ended up? And, and, you know, what's your thoughts on the season as a whole? Uh, overall, it was successful uh, to get to where they were, considering the injuries, uh, to make it to the Sweet 16 and, like you said, lose to the 
the, the champion is 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 a success in itself. Had they not had the injuries, uh, could they have beaten Baylor? Maybe. Uh, could they have gotten a different draw in the tournament and not had to play Baylor in the Sweet 16? Mm-hmm. Very possible. So, um, yeah, overall, it was, it was a good season considering. And um, I thought uh, Jay Wright did a great coaching job. Uh, and like you said, in, in the game that they eventually lost to Baylor, uh, they played really well in, in the first half. I think in the second half, like you said, um, the speed of the game uh, wasn't what they're accustomed to normally. And without your primary ball handler, um, you know, the turnovers just – the team that doesn't turn the ball over, that, that just killed them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to control tempo. When your 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 best point guard, your primary ball hander is out, mm-hmm. uh, that's definitely tough to, to control a tempo. And I think the tempo of the game definitely got away from them. But I'll tell you, some of the players on that team that showed up in that game, um, Brandon Slater was mm-hmm. on fire before he got hurt. Uh, I think that definitely uh, it was a little bit of a uh, of an issue that kind of haunted them a little bit towards the end there when they let it get away. Um, him not being in there for defense purposes and definitely that spark, um, that slam dunk. I think I sent it to you, right? I, I, yeah. I tweeted it to you. I, I, I texted it to you. I was like, this is holy crap. That's freaking incredible. Uh, so uh, that was very, very uh, positive. And on a whole, I think it was a good season. I mean, like you said, it's, it's tough when, when some of your stars go down and, you know, you don't necessarily get the draw that you want. Uh, it was definitely a different season with whole COVID. So hopefully going into next season, everything will sort of go back to normal. I don't want to put the quotes normal, um, but hopefully we get back to a normal schedule. And heading into the next season, we already have big news uh, for the Nova Nation as both Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels are staying. They're exercising their fifth year. Uh, that was due to the whole COVID situation. Uh, NCAA gave seniors an extra year of eligibility. So both of those guys are coming back. That means out of the five starters, four of the starters will be back. Um, thoughts on that, Chris? I, I was initially uh, surprised uh, that they both decided to come back, considering, and we'll get to it later, uh, what else is coming back? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's going to be great. Um, you know, Samuels played well down the stretch, and uh, he he showed a little more scoring than he had in the past. Mm-hmm. And and Gillespie, um, I I think it's just it's just a damn shame he hasn't played in a tournament in in the last two years. He he, if anybody deserves to play in the postseason, it's him. Mm-hmm. So and that might've, that might've been a reason why he came back. That, that's a really good point that you just brought up there. Yeah. And I, I all, I also wonder, they got a good look at, uh, Archie Diacono mm-hmm. down the stretch. And I wonder if Jay Wright, this is just speculation if he said, hmm, I have a 
point guard coming in as a freshman. I can't start him next year. Mm. I know I know what I have in Archie Diacono. He's probably not at this level. It would be a great. Start. Yeah, it would be great if I could have Gillespie be the bridge to the next Villanova lead point guard. Mm-hmm. That's just throwing it out there. I, I don't know. It's just a theory. And that, that's a really good theory. And I, I definitely think that um, they need that bridge because they've always had it in the past with, you know, Ryan and that bridge to, you know, Jalen and then Jalen to, to Colin. So that's something that's definitely important at an, mm-hmm. and especially at a high level guard play like they have. Uh, it's very important to, um, you know, have that, men- you know, have that mentoring um, down the road. So both those guys coming back, I think, is is really interesting. But another thing that I think is very interesting, um, we did lose Cole Swider, uh, Swider to the um, transfer portal. He went and and transferred to Syracuse, which I think is very interesting. Uh, playing in that two three zone might definitely benefit him. And good luck to, to, to Swider. But there are tons and tons of players that have gone into this transfer portal. Players going everywhere, switching teams, and definitely creating uh, a lot of ups and downs with these teams. I mean, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty. What's your thoughts on the transfer portal as a whole, Chris? Do you think it's good for the NCAA or is it bad for the NCAA? Ultimately, I think it's good. Uh, I I do like the fact that um, you can only transfer from one school to another without having to sit once. If Mm -hmm. you do it twice, then you're going to have to sit for a season. So – if a kid like Swider thinks that it's going to be his playing time is going to decrease, which it would have probably next season, he mm-hmm. can go to. I'm surprised he went to a program like Syracuse. I thought he might go somewhere um, down a level, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, just using his him as, a, as an example, he has two years of eligibility left, so he could probably get a lot of playing time there in the next two years. Uh, whereas if he would have stayed, you know, who, who, who knows, he would have had the same or less than uh, what he had now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think it's I think it's OK. Um, I, I think this might be a precursor to the eventual the one and done rule ending soon. So mm-hmm. there, there's going to be some type of soft movement of players. So if a kid doesn't like the situation that he's in, if he is in college, he can't necessarily go to the NBA. He might have to wait two seasons. So in Mm -hmm. this case, if he does have to play for two seasons, he doesn't like where he's at. He can go to another program that might suit his needs better. If you were a coach, is this something that you would get behind and get behind your players, letting them know, hey, you know, this is out here. 
Um, you know, if you're upset with your playing time, if you're upset with, you know, your school itself, the location, you want to be closer to home, whatever you want to do. As a coach, will you be promoting the portal or would you be one of those coaches that might kind of sweep it underneath the rug and, and not really bring it up too much? Because, I mean, I know me personally, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it just because of the fact that if you make a commitment to a school, they've made a commitment to you. I think there's that whole thing going on where you have to kind of um, – you have to live up to your to what you said you were going to do. So, for me, I would definitely not promote the portal to any of my players. Um, what would you do if you were a coach from a coaching standpoint, not the player? It depends on what you have at that time. So, if Jay Wright is going to take a kid like Daniels who, who already came from uh, Tulane next year. He's looking at Colin coming back more Slater, Brian Antoine, who was a five-star recruit, Archie Diacono, who the coach likes clearly. Mm-hmm. And then they have another two they have a four-star and a three-star guard that are probably going to – they're not going to redshirt, I don't think. Mm-hmm. We may talk about that later. So if you're Caleb Daniels and, you know, you go to Coach Wright, hey, Coach, um, thanks for the opportunity, but I think I might be able to go to school X because it looks like this isn't the fit for me. I'm not going to be upset at a kid. You know what I mean? No, I don't um, think it would be upset. I'm not saying yeah. I would be upset, but I wouldn't necessarily really promote this to the players because I'm just, I guess maybe I'm kind of old school in the fact that if I agree, if, if I say I'm going to do something, if I, if I sign paperwork that says I'm attending Villanova right. University, <laughs> that's my school. And I'm going back and this is it. Old school mentality, it's it's obviously I'll show my age with this a little bit, but if if I'm in competition for playing time and I'm it's looking like my playing time is gonna get diminished because of this other player who may be better than me or may not be better than me, I'm I'm in the gym every single day for the you know, ten hours a day getting my game better. So I have a better chance of getting playing time. That's just me. I wouldn't look for that out. I wouldn't look for that. Oh, this will be an easier situation to get over to this school because one, they have an opening in their starting lineup and they don't really have any forwards on the team. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's just my mentality. You know, I, I'm, I'm that old school mentality. So I guess for me, my opinion I take that approach, but I could also, like you said, from both sides as a player and a coach, can see why it's done. And I guess it is a good thing for the kids uh, themselves because if it does get them the playing time that they want or the opportunity to better themselves, I, obviously, I guess that's the way to go. Well, clearly, yeah. 
it's it this benefits the players, not the coaches or the right programs right. ultimately. It's clearly the right. It's clearly the the, the right. players that benefit from this. Hmm. I mean, there I, was I, a there was a rumor that one of the reasons why Roy Williams decided to step down, he knew some of these changes were coming. And uh, he had a center this year who was a pretty uh, highly recruited kid out of Georgia, I want to say. He was like a five-star. Mm-hmm. He didn't play much this year. He apparently is transferring to Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they were – North Carolina was caught off guard that this kid decided that he's gonna he's gonna bail. Oh. So. Hmm. Interesting, right? Well, well, it should be it, it should be interesting how this moves and, and how this goes forward. So, um, we've touched about it a little bit. Um, real early projection for the roster. Mm. Um, we know obviously that there's four starters that are returning. Uh, Gillespie, Samuels, Moore, and Daniels, like you said. Uh, the only one not coming back is um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who declared for the draft, signed with an agent, which means he is now not eligible to play college basketball anymore. Once you sign with an agent, you're basically – you lose your rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can obviously declare for the draft and not sign with the agent. And if the draft doesn't go in your favor, you can then elect to return back to school. So that's, that's the big thing there. So uh, Robinson Earl did sign with an agent. So he now mm-hmm. ineligible. So he is gone. So you have four returning starters. You have returning as well. Um, like you said, Chris Arch, you have Antoine, you have Patterson, Slater, and Dixon all mm-hmm. returning. Some of the recruits you have in is uh, you have Jordan Long, and I hope I say this wrong, Longino, Longino, uh, and Nana Najuku. Ninjoku. Nojuku. Yeah. Uh, two big um, recruits coming in. I am definitely excited to see uh, the kid uh, Jordan. Um, he won a high school three-point contest. At, I believe it was the equivalent of like the McDonald's All-Americans. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm very interested to see him on the court. If he can shoot that well, that would definitely bring even more dynamic to the team. But um, what's your thoughts? General, going over that roster, uh, what's your thoughts? And let me propose the question. Basically, one roster spot left open. Who do you think might be taking that roster spot is it somebody we don't know yet is it a transfer is it somebody who we might know who may be returning as well uh what's your thoughts chris well just in general it's it's uh it's crowded um it, it, it typically the last two years he's uh coach Wright is only gone about eight deep right yep uh, Okay, and I'm not including uh, Cosby Roundtree in this conversation. Let's just leave him out for a second. If you're just going with the nine, okay, I mean, who – maybe Archie Diacono doesn't play much this year. Uh, So then your your starter, I I would think he's going to have to start Dixon just because of his size. You you Um, need something. Yeah, because uh, Samuels would be your, your your tallest starter at six seven. 
So let's just say Dixon's your fifth guy. So then you have Slater, who's good in his role off the bench. Uh, Antoine, who got more confident as the season went on. And Trey Patterson, who we think is is going to be pretty good. So that's eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Archie Diacono, the two recruits. And then you 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 forgot about the one kid, Breezy. Breezy. Uh, that's Angelo right. Breezy. He's the guy, kid I was talking about earlier that he's not ready to play, but he mm-hmm. could – Colin is going to be the bridge to him probably as your next point guard, I would think, um, unless well, – Archie Diacono is that guy. I, I don't know, but I don't think he gives you the offensive skill level that this kid has mm-hmm. as far as a shooter and a scorer, which I think Wright likes that out of his, his point guard, the, at least the ability to, uh, to shoot a little bit. Right. Well, so. they, also, they also did sign out of, for 2022 uh, Trey Armstrong mm-hmm. out of Texas who – is a four-star recruit point guard. So he could be coming in. He's going to be coming in next year. So there's another freshman that that could be coming in and, you know, possibly, like you said, learning from one of these guys, uh, whether it be Chris or maybe it be Antoine. You know, maybe they fit Antoine into that. Maybe, you know, looking at the way that this is playing out with the starters, Obviously, you have Slater coming in for either, you know, Samuels, Daniels, probably. But as far as Gillespie coming out, I would assume Antoine would be the first guy off the bench, whether it be for Gillespie or Moore. So right there, there's two guys right there. You don't really have anybody. Um, Nujuku, is he going to be your backup center? Um, I don't know. Um, we did leave out Demir. Uh, there's a possibility that, I mean, he hasn't said anything yet, whether or not he will be returning. He's in a definitely different situation. than A lot of these other guys, I believe that leg is a serious issue. So I think it's, he's really just right now determining whether or not he can actually even play basketball at a level at a high level. So I think he needs to sort that out before he even makes any kind of decision whether or not he's coming back or not. So mm-hmm. I doubt they would have him come back if he's not able to play. I mean, they're not going to hold a roster spot, you know, for that. So it he should only be one year eligibility left anyway. anyway. Yes. Right. Right. You have one more year. So who knows? But I, I definitely think he's more of a – of an injury issue. I mean, I know obviously Colin is too, but Colin will, will be better. We'll be back to 100% uh, without any, you know, reoccurring or any lingering issues. Let me, let me ask you, do you think he starts the season or will he, we see him more like in January? From what I heard reports, he, he's already rehabbing. He wanted to originally try to rehab and get back for the NBA Combine to be able to go there and play there. That was his original um, thought, and I think that's what he was going for. So I would assume he would be back 
for fall practice, I would think. If if he was trying hard for for the combine in June, three more months, I would think he would be back for the fall. He you know, he might not well, he'll probably be working out to a degree over the summer too as well. I don't think being it being the MCL, it's not as bad as the ACL. I think I don't think I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back start of the season and you'll see him rocking and rolling right from the start. Okay. From everything that I've seen, all the different insider reports that I do get uh, here and there off of, you know, the the, the Twitter monster and, and all that stuff that I read. Uh, he seems to be doing well. He's he's up and about. He's he just has a, a brace on his leg. He's walking around with no crutches or anything like that. So I, I, I think I, I, he'll definitely be back for that fall start okay. in, my, in my my eyes. But it should be interesting. I just saw originally the AP had them at like 16th or 17th ranking uh, when the early, early, early rankings came out. Um, now with both those returning starters coming back, they have jumped up to number three. Yeah. Which – uh, I believe they're right behind. I think it's UCLA. Is it Gonzaga again? And then I, well, no. I would th- I would think that's top. I think that's those were the top three uh, for uh, the AP right now. So big time jump up. Once again, uh, it said that Jay Wright has this team back together, and they will be going for another national title. So it should be definitely interesting. And uh, as excited as I was for this upcoming season, I might be even more excited for the next season. Yeah. Um, uh, just looking at what they're returning and and what they can possibly do. I mean, even the Big East itself, I think a lot of these Big East teams are going to be down a little bit. Creighton's going to be a little bit down. I think UConn's going to be a little bit down. Uh, Book Knight uh, declared for the draft, yeah. so... Yeah. yeah, book lights gone. So, a lot of this, um, a lot of these teams are going to be definitely uh, lacking scoring and leadership. So, Villanova definitely should should be the uh, hands-on favorite to win the Big East and and hopefully get a one seed in the in in March Madness. So that's way down the line now. But just wrapping up this season, it's been a great great season. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for, for talking, uh, with me and, and hanging out and, and doing this with me. I truly appreciate it. Um, and, and even though there's really very little basketball going on over the summer, uh, we are going to, you and I, we are going to do a couple of other podcasts, um, underneath the Nova Nation umbrella where we may talk about something else other than college basketball and, and yoga basketball. So um, we might have some uh, music and some other stuff that we might talk about just to kind of, uh, just to kind of put some stuff down. And uh, we also are looking into a college football um, couple of episodes uh, to talk about. We have a lot of people who are interested in sharing their opinions with us on that. So, um, but I also wanted to thank uh, everybody that was affiliated with the Nova Nation podcast this season. Uh, Adriana Hahn, who uh, did a great interview with us. 
uh, John Ermilio, the Nova hack guy. Uh, I've been talking to him. Uh, he actually, uh, Chris, he actually made it out to Indiana for that Baylor game. Oh, wow. And, and a real quick, funny story. So that was right around the time when we were getting, uh, obviously, he, he put in his, um, his bracket. And he was like, oh, this is the first time I've done this in how long? Blah, blah, blah. And he picked this bracket and everything. And I called him after the second round for like an update. And I was going to tell him, oh, you know, you're here, you're here in the, in the rankings and everything. Um, so I talked to him briefly about I'm driving at lunch at work. And all of a sudden his name, his number pops up on my phone. And it's the day before the Baylor game. So they play Baylor on Saturday. So it must have been that Friday. So phone rings and it's him. And he's like, yo, Rob. He's like, dude, he's like. I'm ready to go. He's like, where are my tickets? And I'm like, it's, it, what's up? I was like, uh, what's going on? He goes, I'm already, I'm packed. I'm ready. I, I got my car waiting. But I, how am I going to pick up these tickets for the game? And I was like, first off, I was like, do I have tickets for the game? I was like, what's going on? But apparently he got me mixed up with another Rob who mm. I guess works or is affiliated with, you know, getting the tickets for the alumni and all that stuff. And he thought I was the one who had the tickets. And I'm like, John, you do remember I'm the podcast guy, right? He's like, oh, yeah, Rob. (laughs) But he was all out of it. But uh, he ended up getting the tickets, got on a plane that Friday afternoon, and went up to to Indiana and watched them play at at that Baylor game. Um, and he was, texting, yeah, he was texting me throughout, you know, here and there throughout the game and everything, and uh, took me a couple cool pictures. But uh, thank you to him for joining us this year, uh, Coach Jim Mayer, who uh, was another great uh, guest on the show. Uh, yeah. He will be back. We'll definitely have him on uh, next year as well. Um, Mr. Michael Gambaluka for helping us out on the uh, March Madness episode, and also the Comf, Mike Comfort. Uh, who also helped us out on that show. Uh, those guys are great. Um, it's always great to be able to talk to uh, your friends who you might have, you know, kind of grown distance from. Um, but it was great talking to them guys. And they'll all be back, uh, hopefully, uh, over the summer. And we'll, we'll get them in just to, to kind of hang out and, and talk together, especially uh, since we're all kind of all over the place a little bit. So. Uh, it's been great. It's been fun. And uh, stay tuned. We will have more stuff uh, that we will be podcasting to you. So uh, don't, uh, don't forget about us. And um, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, I sent out, Chris, we sent out, we sent out a, um, an update on Facebook page about the two guys coming back. And over 10,000 people liked it and responded back to us. So. Um, we're the names getting out there, so be on the lookout for more Nova Nation stuff. And, and once again, Chris, thank you, appreciate thank it, you. and thank you to everybody who has listened for the season. Um, and definitely stay tuned. Thank you. Thanks. Are you looking for a reliable company to service your swimming pool or hot tub? If so, we are absolutely thrilled with the work that American Pool Concepts did for us. They completely transformed our pool. 
American Pool Concepts does amazing work. Patrick and Chris are hardworking pool experts. Hire them, you won't regret it. Check their Facebook page or their website at www.americanpoolconcepts.com. What's up, Nova Nation? If you have any questions that you would like to have answered or discussed on the show, email us at the Nova Nation Podcast at gmail.com.